Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio for today. Today I wanted to cover some things that I've not covered in a while and uh, some new things that I've learned about Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 26 through 28. So here we go. This portion talks about the things that God, the Sovereign Lord, wants to do and will do with Tyre and Sidon. So I'm going to start down in verse 19 in chapter 26. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will make Tyre an uninhabited ruin like many others. I will bury you beneath the terrible waves of enemy attack. Great seas will swallow you. I will send you to the pit to join those who descended there long ago. Your city will lie in ruins, buried beneath the earth, like those in the pit who have entered the world of the dead. You will have no place of respect here in the land of the living. I will bring you to a terrible end. Now note those words, if you would. I will bring you to a terrible end, and you will exist no more. Wow. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's see if we can find that in another place, but we'll keep going for now. You will be looked for, but you will never again be found. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. When he says the Sovereign Lord, he's talking about himself as the boss. He is our boss, not just Tyre's boss or Sidon's, but everyone on earth, since he owns us and made us, and he owns the planet we live on, he has everything to do with your life and mine. That's what he's saying here. Chapter 27, Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, sing a funeral song for Tyre, that mighty gateway to the sea, the trading center of the world. You can almost hear the mocking sound that God would be making here when he's writing this. Give Tyre this message from the Sovereign Lord. You boasted, O Tyre, my beauty is perfect. You extended your boundaries into the sea. Tyre was an island nation, and it got ruined and destroyed, and now it's underwater. And they have actually found the columns that held up their buildings. It's very interesting, but it's all underwater. It will never be rebuilt. But you extended your boundaries into the sea. Your builders made your beauty perfect. You were like a great ship built of the finest cypress from Sinir. They took cedar from Lebanon to make you a mast for your ship. They carved your oars from the oaks of Bashan. Your decks were made of pine from the coasts of Cyprus inlaid with ivory. Your sails were made from Egypt's finest linen and they flew as a banner above you. You stood beneath the blue and purple awnings made 
bright with dyes from the coastlands of Elisha. Your oarsmen came from Sidon and Arvad. Your helmsmen were skilled men from Tyre itself. Wise old craftsmen from Gabal did the caulking. Have you ever seen a ship caulked? What they do is they take a fine linen cloth and they twist it like yarn. They twist it and twist it and twist it until it'll fit between two boards and then they shove it between the boards with some kind of glue and they shove it in there tight, so tight that it can't be penetrated by water. Or if it does, it expands so it makes it even tighter yet. That's the way they build ships made of wood. They came with goods to barter for your trade. They were brought there by the ships. Men from distant Persia, that's Iran, and Lydia. Now where's Lydia? Who's ever heard of Lydia? Well, it's actually western Turkey. The area once had cities in it like Troy and Smyrna, Sardis and Ephesus and Miletus. All can be found in the book of Acts. They hung their shields and helmets on your walls, giving you great honor. Men from Arvad and Halak stood on your walls. Your towers were manned by men of Gamad. Their shields hung on your walls, completing your beauty. Tarshish sent merchants to buy your wares in exchange for silver, iron, tin, and lead. Merchants from Greece, Tubal, and Meshach, now that's eastern Turkey, brought slaves and articles of bronze to trade with you. From Bethogarma, which happens to be also in Turkey, came riding horses, chariot horses, and mules, all in exchange for your goods. Merchants came to you from Didan, or Didan, that's Saudi Arabia. Numerous coastlands were your captive markets. They brought payment in ivory tusks and ebony wood. Syria sent merchants to buy your rich variety of goods. They traded turquoise, purple dyes, embroidery, fine linen, and jewelry of coral and rubies. Judah and Israel traded for your wares, offering wheat from Maninth, figs and honey and olive oil and balm. Damascus sent merchants to buy your rich variety of goods, bringing wine from Helbon. Now, I'm not sure where Helbon is or the, f the next few cities. White wool from Zahar, Greeks from Uzal, came to trade for your merchandise. Wrought iron, cassia, fragrant calamus were all bartered for your wares. Didan sent merchants to trade their expensive saddle blankets with you. The Arabians and the princes of Qadar sent merchants to trade lambs and rams and male goats in exchange for your goods. The merchants of Sheba and Rama came with all kinds of spices and jewels and gold in exchange for your wares.
Haran, Canaf, Eden, Sheba, Asher, and Kilmad came with their merchandise as well. They brought choice fabrics to trade, blue cloth, embroidery, and multicolored carpets rolled up and bound with cords. The ships of Tarshish were your ocean caravans. Your island warehouse was filled to the brim. That's a picture of Tyre. It was wealthy, a wealthy trading center. So what could go wrong with it? What did God see in Tyre that he hated so much he would destroy it, its animals, and its people and put the whole thing under water? Which is exactly what happened. Verse 26, chapter 27, Ezekiel. Your oarsmen have taken you into stormy seas. A mighty eastern gale has wrecked you in the heart of the sea. Everything is lost. Your riches, your wares, your sailors and pilots, your shipbuilders and merchants, and your warriors. On the day of your ruin, everyone on board sinks into the depths of the sea. That sounds terrible. But it isn't done yet. Your cities by the sea tremble as your pilots cry out in terror. All the oarsmen abandon their ships. The sailors and pilots on the shore come to stand on the beach. They cry aloud over you. They weep bitterly. They throw dust on their heads and roll in ashes. They shave their heads in grief for you and dress themselves in burlap. They weep for you with bitter anguish and deep mourning. As they wail and mourn over you, they sing this sad funeral song. Was there ever such a city as Tyre? How silent at the bottom of the sea. The merchandise you traded satisfied the desires of many nations. Kings at the ends of the earth were enriched by your trade. Now you are a wrecked ship, broken at the bottom of the sea. All your merchandise and crew have gone down with you. All who live along the coastlands are appalled at your terrible fate. Their kings are filled with horror and look on with twisted faces. The merchants among the nations shake their heads at the sight of you. For you have come to a horrible end and you will exist no more. Now that's the second time we heard that statement. You have come to a horrible end and will exist no more. Chapter 28. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give the prince of Tyre. Notice it said prince, not king. The prince of Tyre, this message from the sovereign Lord. In your great pride, you claim, I am God, or I am a God, little g. I sit on a divine throne in the heart of the sea. But you are only a man and not a God. I want you to note that because we have something interesting to say about that in just a minute. 
you regard yourself as wiser than Daniel and think that no secret is hidden from you. Your wisdom and your understanding, with it you have amassed great wealth, gold and silver for your treasuries. Yes, your wisdom has made you very rich, and your riches have made you very proud. God doesn't like pride. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Because you think you are as wise as a god, I will now bring against you a foreign army, the terror of nations. They will draw their swords against you, against your marvelous wisdom, and defile your splendor. They will bring you down to the pit, and you will die in the heart of the sea, pierced with many wounds. Will you then boast, I am a god, to those who kill you? You can't kill me, I'm God, they would say. Well, to them, you will be no god, but merely a man. You will die like an outcast at the hands of foreigners. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now I read you that so I can read you this. This is talking about someone else, someone different. So we'll keep going. Verse 11, chapter 28, Ezekiel. Then this further message came to me from the Lord, son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Now let's see if we can figure out who that is. The king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. Now, could that really be talking about a human? Yeah, I kind of don't think so. You were in Eden. Now, we know it's not a human. Anybody that was living there in, in Eden has died long ago. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. Red carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue-green beryl, onyx, green jasper, Blue lapis lazuli, which is a gorgeous jewel. It's a deep royal blue with sprinkles inside of it, strands of gold. It's absolutely stunning. Turquoise and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. Now, last I checked... Human beings are not created. They are born. They are born. The only created humans were Adam and Eve. And that's a long, long time ago, several thousand years ago. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. So that's what he is. He's an angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God, and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did, from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence, and you sinned. 
So I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, O mighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride. Remember, God hates pride. Because of all your beauty, by your love of splendor, your wisdom was corrupted. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. Let's stop right there in verse 17 and go to Luke chapter 10 and verse 18 and read what's there. Luke 10, well, let's back up to 17. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to Jesus, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. So the one that fell from heaven, the one that was cast out of the mountain of God and from his place among the stones of fire, was cast down, banished in disgrace from the mountain of God. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor, so I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. That's what he's saying here, I believe, in Luke 10, 18. You defiled your sanctuaries with your many sins and your dishonest trade. So, I brought fire out from within you, and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. You know, there's only one person that all these criteria can fit, and that is Satan. All who knew you were appalled at your fate, and you have come to a terrible end, and you will exist no more. And that's the end of this dissertation about Satan. In, in my understanding, that's what this is talking about. Satan is going to die. He's going to die the death. God's going to build a fire from inside of him and reduce him to ashes in the sight of all people. And then in verse 20, he gets back on track again with another message for Sidon. We already heard about Tyre. The king of Tyre was Satan. And now we're talking about the sister city of Sidon. Then another message came to me from the Lord, Son of Man, turn and face the city of Sidon and prophesy against it. Give the people of Sidon this message from the sovereign Lord. When he says sovereign, he means the one and only, the, the big man on campus, so to speak. He is sovereign over everyone else, including governors, kings, 
and yes, presidents. Here's what he says. I am your enemy, O Sidon. I will reveal my glory by what I do to you. When I bring judgment against you and reveal my holiness among you, everyone watching will know that I am the Lord. He's boss. I will send a plague against you. Sounds like America and COVID or the rest of the world, the whole world and COVID. And blood will be spilled in your streets. The attack will come from every direction and your people will lie slaughtered within your walls. Now, I'm not predicting that World War III is going to start on account of COVID. I'm not predicting that a, another American Civil War will also ensue. No. We're talking about Sidon, not Florida or not anywhere else in the United States. But could these things maybe apply to us anyway? Well, of course they could. If God's the one doing it, he could do it. And we would probably deserve it. With all the homosexuality going on and abortions and the things that God hates, we dig out of the Bible and then we do those things. You think God would be happy with that and pleased with that? No, not at all. Everyone then will know that I am the Lord when your people lie slaughtered within your walls. No longer will Israel's scornful neighbors prick and tear at her like briars and thorns, for then they will know that I am the sovereign Lord. And this phrase, I am the sovereign Lord, and they will know that I am the sovereign Lord, is all through Ezekiel. It's like every minute or so it's in here. Verse 25, chapter 28, Ezekiel. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The people of Israel will again live in their own land. You see, first comes the destruction, or the spanking, if you will, and then the restoration to a love relationship with God. The people of Israel will again live in their own land, the land I gave my servant Jacob, for I will gather them from the distant lands where I have scattered them. I will reveal the nations, or to the nations of the world, my holiness among my people. They will live safely in Israel and build homes and plant vineyards and when I punish the neighboring nations that treated them with contempt, they also will know that I am the Lord their God. You see, God is not only the God of Israel or the God of Judah or the God of the Jews. He's the God of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. He made us. He owns us, and he who is the owner and builder has all the rights. He has all the rights to do what he wants to with what he has built. Doesn't that make sense to you? It sure does to me. 
Then he talks about Egypt in chapter 29. On January 7th, this is verse 1, during the 10th year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face Egypt. Now we're in Egypt. We're not on the Mediterranean Sea except in northern Egypt. The Tyre and Sidon were little islands, island cities, mighty island cities on the Mediterranean Sea, somewhat north and west of Jerusalem. This message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face Egypt and prophesy against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and all the people of Egypt. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Pharaoh, king of Egypt, you great monster, lurking in the streams of the Nile. For you have said, the Nile River is mine. I made it for myself. No, God made it. It's his, not yours, in other words. I will put hooks in your jaws and drag you out on the land with fish clinging to your scales. I will leave you and all your fish stranded in the wilderness to die. You will lie unburied on the open ground, for I have given you as food for the wild animals and birds. All the people of Egypt will know that I am the Lord, for to Israel you were just a staff made of reeds. When Israel leaned on you, you splintered and broke and stabbed her in the armpit. When she put her weight on you, you gave way, and her back was thrown out of joint. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will bring an army against you, O Egypt, and destroy both people and animals. The land of Egypt will become a desolate wasteland, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. We'll talk more about this. But see, the point is here that God is sovereign. He has all the rights, and he can do with us, his children, what a good father should do and will do. He will spank them and then love them back into a working relationship between us. And that's what a God or a father who cares and who loves his children will do. Don't be afraid to discipline your children. They need it. We all need correction from time to time so that we're trained and fully aware that when he speaks, he means what he says and says what he means, and what he says will come to pass. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and you can read my books there, and you can get a lot of information. There's nothing for sale. Don't worry about me trying to get your email address. That's not going to happen. I don't like that myself, so why would I foist it off on you? No, I am doing this out of concern and love for the church, and I want to help the church understand the Word of God. And yes, in doing this kind of research, I learn as well. 
and I'm just one of you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in today, and may God bless you.